listening to the Fish on Ted podcast with your host, Ted Johnson. Well, hello, this is Ted Johnson with the Fish on Ted podcast, and I want to thank everyone for joining us today. We're actually recording this on the Sunday evening before Memorial Day 2020. And I want to thank all of our veterans for the service they provided for us to have a free country that we live in and what a wonderful place that it is. Even with this darn virus going around, looks like things are clearing up and uh, life hopefully will get back to somewhat of a normal in the very, very near future. Well, today's interview is a little different. It's actually a recording of uh, me being interviewed by George Shower of the Pocono Outdoor Guy in Pennsylvania. Now, I think you're going to really enjoy George. He is a, quite an outdoorsman and um, enjoys fishing and is very, very well known in that community back there. Um, we just talked about fishing in general and drift boats and pretty much anything else that came to mind. So without further ado, let me start that podcast. Thanks again. <laughs> Well, hey guys, welcome back to another weekend roundup. How are you guys doing? How's the weekend going? How's the holiday going? I'm George, your Pokemon Outdoors guy, host, and that fellow angler. What a great weekend. I hope you guys are all getting out, enjoying some of this weather. I finally got the wind calmed down a little bit today. I didn't get out much this weekend, but I think I'm going to get out with my boy tomorrow. We're talking about maybe get out and do a little bit of carp fishing. We're going to see how that goes, but... Just a great weekend to get out, enjoy some of the weather, and uh, finally get uh, on some decent water and wet a line. So before we get started, got a few folks to thank. First, I want to thank all you veterans, everyone who has and is serving in the military. We appreciate everything you guys do. It's the reason we're a free country, and we can't thank you folks enough for all of your service, and hope you all have a safe and very happy holiday. Also, a few guys, Tony Maja products, always supporting uh, Pokemon Outdoors guy. You guys remember, if you want to get into that 50-pound club, you got to get into Tony Maja products. You got to get into those mojos, those bunker spoons, those easy outrotters, custom rods, they got it all. Those easy outrotters, custom rods, they got it all. TonyMajaProducts.com. Go check them out and get into that 50-pound club for yourself. Also, Fisherman Magazine. Remember that uh, every Thursday, Jim Hutchinson is going to give you the look ahead for the for the coming weekend, and I'll even give you a heads up what's happening here in the Poconos, all the tips, tactics, and tackle you need to be a better fisherman. So that's uh, that's all of our folks, and be sure you check them out and support the folks that support us. So uh, again, what are we doing, guys? Let me get some comments on here. Who's who's here and saying hi? Stevie, what's up, Steve? How you doing, buddy? Thank you for tuning in, especially on a holiday weekend. I mean. Uh, I don't know how many people we're going to have today. Everybody's out barbecuing and having a cold beer and enjoying themselves, but uh, really do appreciate you folks watching. Do have a good show lined up. I got a, a good friend of mine. We've been talking for uh, about a year or so, and uh, gosh, the guy's got so much stuff that he does out in the uh, – hi, Samantha. Thanks for watching. Uh, got so much he does out in the Northwest. Uh, he's from Oregon, and I think he's in the Philippines right now hanging out with this COVID virus thing. But uh, I want to bring him in. We'll talk a little bit about some of the, the Northwest fishing and how we think that can apply to us folks in the East here. I think it's really interesting. I think this is a great show. Be sure you guys uh, give us a lot of questions. I want to bring in Ted Johnson, 
from Fish on Ted Podcast. Hey, Ted, you there, buddy? I am. Good afternoon, George. How you doing, bud? You know, I'm doing well. How about you? We're doing pretty good out here. Things are going good. Say we finally got a good weekend. Weather's turned nice. And uh, how's things out there? You're in the Philippines now, right? I am. Yeah, it's uh, tomorrow for you in the Philippines. I'll ship you over the the uh, the lottery numbers here in a little bit. <laughs> Please do. Yeah, give me six your weekend. Up. But uh, <laughs> well, everything is going well, you know. And that's uh, great. Yeah, I, uh, I miss uh, miss fishing on this weekend. Uh, um, we don't have the same type of fishing here as what we do in Oregon. But uh, anyway, happy Memorial Day to uh, you, you and all you, the listeners. You too, buddy. Thank you. We got a few more guys joining us. Tony Lucini. Uh, how you doing, buddy? Thank you for joining us. And Art Bagley. Hey, Art, thank you for to uh, joining in again. Uh, Tony's trying for some catfish on a private pond. Go get them. And Jay Batch is on. Hey, guys. How you doing, Jay? Jay is our big winner for the uh, giveaway the past uh, two weeks. How about we say some for somebody else this week, Jay? You've just been killing it on us. <laughs> He's been winning all the prizes. So anyway, Ted, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, first off, Fish on Ted podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, gosh, the, the whole thing started many, many years ago, but I won't go far that far back because I don't think we have enough time. Um, but um, I became actively involved in the fishing industry in the Northwest when my brother-in-law and I, Mike Fisher, uh, set up a company that was called Mike and Ted's Fishing Adventures or Fishing Extravaganza, if you may, is where it changed to. And um, we uh, hosted tournaments in Oregon. And uh, then uh, uh, we did a lot of work uh, and, and took a lot of people up to Alaska. And that's where we got started back in the 80s and 90s. And um, I picked up the name Fish on Ted because uh, when I would hook a fish, I'd always scream fish on. And so I got tagged with that. And Fish on Ted has sort of haunted me and followed me for a number of years, obviously. Now, gosh, going on 30. And I thought, you know, when um, I uh, was going to put on this podcast, what am I going to call it? You know, I've been involved in the industry, uh, helping guides and lodges and um, charters market themselves. And I didn't really want to name it for that company. And I thought, you know, I'm going to call it Fish on Ted. And so Fish on Ted got spurred and birthed a couple of years ago, and it's grown from there. Yeah, it's a great podcast. Um, matter of fact, you, you even had me on a, as a guest one time, and I really enjoyed that. Thank you. Yeah, Why don't you tell a little folks about what you what you talk about on? I mean, obviously fishing, but just go over some of the highlights. You know, it we cover a lot of ground, and we've got clients all over the world, from uh, you know Argentina through North America. Uh, we've got clients in Southeast Asia and uh, in Europe and all, all sorts of places. And so it just depends on the week on what we're going to be talking about. I work uh, not only in the fishing community, but the hunting community. So okay. we talk with guides about, you know, uh, fishing for salmon or fishing for sturgeon. Uh, we had a conversation with a guy a while back that fishes for alligator gar on the Trinity River down in Texas. And uh, then we also talk about hunting grizzlies or hunting muskox. And uh, you name it, we're sort of covering a lot of ground just depending on the week. Sure, sure. I think you touched on one thing there. You're talking to guides. You have another business, too, where you it's called marketing for guides, right? Why don't you tell us it a little is, about yes. that? Well, Marketing for Guides is a company I birthed uh, in 2013, 
and I um, had an opportunity to take an early retirement from the corporate world. And I thought, you know, George, darn, I'm just too old. That were too young, forgive me, <laughs> too old, uh, too young to retire. What am I going to do? And I grew up fishing and just absolutely had a passion for it and always have. And I thought, you know, with my marketing background that I was uh, uh, that I did in the corporate world and sales background and that sort of thing, I'm just going to uh, take it over to this industry. And one thing led to another, and uh, we started marketing for guides as the company. And uh, sometimes we are pigeonholed as a web designer, and we put up a pretty nice website for guides and, and lodges and charters. Um, but we also take it to the next level and help them market themselves online and offline with whatever is working. Um, our, our motto in, uh, for marketing for guides is um, putting butts in boats. And uh, that's really our focus is helping people grow their business um, by putting more paying customers, you know, in their boat. Sure, sure. Well, that's what it's yeah. all about. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Now, one of the things I, I wanted to get you on the show is because um, uh, you grew up in Oregon. I think you're based out of Oregon now, correct? I am. I am. That's what Eugene, I think you're in. And you, you go Ducks. Absolutely. Eugene, all Oregon. right. Okay. Well, one of the things that you guys are really big out there is a lot of salmon and trout fishing in some of the rivers and especially yeah. the drift boat fishing. And yes. I wanted to kind of look at, uh, not only talk a little bit about the, the, the trout fishing, but that's something I don't think we do enough of out here. I mean, mm -hmm. there's a few guys running drift boats and geez, we're sandwiched between a couple of rivers out here. And I right. really can't understand why we're not doing more of it here. Why don't you go over a little bit about, you know, what it's like to be out on a, on a drift boat and getting into some fish. A little bit well a drift boat is, is aptly named because that's how you use it you drift from point a to point b on a river and originally drift boats were called mckinsey river boats and mckinsey river is the river i grew up in in uh, southern lane county uh, kind of in uh, west central oregon where we have a lot of coastal rivers and then we have a couple larger rivers that come on through and uh, the, the McKinsey River Drift Boat uh, really became the staple for people, you know, uh, when it came to fishing the rivers. And right. um, it, we had a lot of bank fishermen back in the 30s and 40s, but they found if they could get out on the river and they could, uh, you know, uh, tra traverse some of the, the shallower waters in these boats, that they could fish more, you know, obviously fish more water and catch more fish. And uh, that's how the um, drift boat industry got started out there. And you're right. I mean, we got drift boats all over the place out in the Northwest. And uh, from what I've seen and, and uh, of uh, the East Coast, there isn't many people that are using those. And I, I've never quite understood why. Yeah, uh, it's just maybe it's a, a Northwest thing. But there's a few. I know there's a guide that um, I've I've done some work with, Matt Chomley up at uh, Third Alarm Charters. He does some up out of New York and stuff like that. And actually, my brother, um, the first time he was up on Lake Ontario, well, it's not quite Lake Ontario, it was in Salmon River catching yeah. salmon. He was in a drift boat right at the mouth of Lake Ontario in the Salmon River. And he said it was a blast. Mm -hmm. and, and he says, you got to come up and try this. And I ended up yeah. dragging my boat up and not using a drift boat. But that's uh -huh. something I think we're definitely going to try is even in the Salmon River. But I, oh. I think it opens up so many possibilities for you, doesn't it? I mean, you're not just, you know, all right, sitting on a bank or getting to launch point and, and fishing a certain area. You got a pretty wide area you can fish with one of them. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and a lot of people have the misconception that you use the oars in a drift boat um, to provide movement in the drift boat. And that's really not true. Although you, you know, you boost every once in a while, the oars are there to guide you. And the, the bottom of a drift boat, you know, has this rake to it. And there's very little resistance in the water because it's flat bottom. And so you can go, be going through some fairly fast. We're starting to get problems here. There we are. There you are. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. Well, and so as you're as you're floating through the different rapids and faster water, if you see something that you want to fish, all you have to do is give a big pull on the oars, and you'll stop that boat right at that point. And no instead of like you know, as you're drifting through with a whitewater raft or something, you might have one cast into that. But with a drift boat, you can sit there with a good oarsman and you can make multiple casts into those hot pockets and uh, uh, and really improve the uh, the catch of the day when you do that. Right. Now, is that something you normally fly fishing from one of them? Is that the technique you normally do? You know, really depends on what you fish for. A lot of guys like to fly fish out of it. It's fairly nostalgic. You know, there's those uh, uh, movies, what, uh, River Runs Through It and that right. sort of thing. And and absolutely, you know, it, it the drift boats are set up for fly fishing. But, um, you know, some of the uh, uh, the um, uh, the, the fish that come uh, in, that come into spawn like salmon and and steelhead and that sort of thing um, they're not as apt in the northwest to take fly um, and uh, so you know using more conventional gear for some of those bigger fish makes a lot more sense if your focus is on you know catching multiple fish during the day right I get you so mm -hmm. it's like your plastics and stuff like that and small plugs kind of a thing. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of bait, a lot of scent. Um, there's okay. something called water dogging and, and side drifting that you do now, um, and uh, just you know trying to adjust the uh, presentation to the fish, just depending on what um, you know what, what that hole or what that drift looks like. Right, right. So is that your typical uh, setup? I mean, um, for most of the Northwest, and when you're fishing trout and salmon, what's your typical setup? Uh, oh, for, gosh. For yeah, uh, I mean, it, to do it right, you need many setups in the boat or can be able to swap things out. You know, if you're uh, in a deep pool and uh, the, the water's moving slow and you're fishing for salmon, you know, then pulling a plug, you know, it's called back trolling. And you just sit out there with the oars and, and you keep the, the boat, you know, uh, floating downstream very, very slowly. So you get a lot of action in that uh, mm -hmm. in that plug. And so having plugs in the boat, for those types of holes, but at the bottom, at the tail, um, you know, it may be best to throw a spinner down there. And so swapping out poles in the middle of that, that little float, and then you get down further in the float and you go through some fast water and uh, you've got uh, eddies and, and that sort of thing that you're trying to fish, then fishing those with, um, you know, uh, uh, attractants and jigs and, and corkies and that sort of thing. So, you know, to do it right, you've got multiple poles in the boat, you know, set up just depending on what hole you're coming up to. Right. Now, I have a picture up behind me here of some guys going through some pretty white water in uh, one of these drift boats. Uh, are they are they kind of uh, easy to make, you know, to keep going in that kind of water or is that just oh, what they're made for? Yeah, that's what they're that's what they're made for. Um, a lot of times um, or, or up until recently, if you were to float some of the bigger whitewater in the United States, you'd always have used a drift boat to get through it, such as the Rogue River 
or the Colorado going through the Grand Canyon and that sort of thing. And right. so, yes, um, the McKinsey River, the drift boat, um, is made for white water. That section of water right there is called uh, Martin's Rapids. And uh, that's a class three rapid, oh, about 20 minutes from my house in Eugene. No kidding. It's beautiful yeah. country. Yeah, it's very pretty. Yeah. But uh, this next slide I'm showing here, too, is that some guys, you know, you get up on the bank and I guess you get to a destination. You can hop out and do a little fly fishing, too. So it's not like you're just pigeonholed in the front of this boat for six, seven miles. Oh, it, it, exactly. You know, and, and um, one of the manufacturers now of uh, aluminum drift boats, Bavadi, I'll plug them a little bit. They're also out of Oregon. They've, they've actually put a little door in the front so you don't have to step over the entire boat. You can open up the door and step right into the water and go out and, and fly fish or fish a particular pool or stretch your legs and then uh, come back through without, um, you know, having to be a gymnast to get in and out sure. of this thing. Sure, sure. Yeah. But it just gives you lots of options. It makes for a really great day on the water. You can stop out, have some shore lunch, uh, uh -huh. continue fishing. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, I mean, we got the Lehigh River here. We got the Susquehanna River here. We got the Delaware River. I uh -huh. don't know why we don't see a whole flotilla of drift boats down in these waters. I think it'd be phenomenal for catch. Even smallmouth fishing on some of these would, would oh, be yeah. just great fishing. Yeah, yeah. We, we've got some smallmouth fishing in uh, like the uh, – um and a couple of the other rivers in Oregon. And the boats are phenomenal for that. So again, I mean, again, I mean, you see an edge, you see something that looks real fishy. And, um, you know, if you're walking the bank, you can only, you know, fish a certain amount of those per, you know, per day. We're in a drift boat, you're bouncing between those holes and, and picking up a hundred, you know, 120 smallmouth in a day is a pretty easy task during the summertime in the rivers that I'm talking to you about. That hundred that sounds like a terrible day fishing, a hundred smallmouth a day. Uh, I don't know how yeah. you manage yeah. it, you know. <laughs> that reminds me you go up in the Thousand Islands and it's the same thing. You get out there and work those banks. But uh, yeah, I think even local waters here, some trout and the, the smallmouth, yeah. there's rainbows. This would just be ideal. Even for salmon or the shad fishing we have here in the Delaware, I think that'd be a, a great little thing. Absolutely. Well, trout is trout is my personal favorite, and okay. even though they're not as big, and uh, they don't pr provide as big a fight, I mean those things have heart, man. And especially the native runs of the the rainbow, we call them red sides, and you can get fairly substantial fish. Um, you know, uh, when you're particularly when you're fishing out of a drift boat, because again, you have access to holes and waters where they're holed up in that you just don't have by fishing from the bank. Right. We've got a question here for you. Jay asks us, uh, you're saying sense. What kind do you use for trout? Well, it, it depends on, you know, it, it, it depends on, you know, the, again, what time of year you're fishing and that sort of thing. Um, I don't know how it was back east uh, about 20 years ago, but it used to be um, WD-40 used to be the scent of the day. And you'd spray everything with WD-40. and no then. Kidding. Yeah, and then companies such as Yakima Bait uh, came out. Yakima Bait um, has a tremendous amount of scents, all the way from you know shrimp uh, to garlic to all sorts of things. I mean, you know, you come in sometimes smelling like an Italian kitchen after right. you've used that garlic uh, scent. And so, I wish I had a go-to scent. I, if I do, I you know, it would be a shrimp scent that okay. I use. Mm -hmm. That's. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, a. a 
a company I'm starting to work with called uh, stinkyballs.com. Uh, oh, funny, funny name, but they have this amazing product. They take like real bait, they liquefy it, put it in these little nuggets that um, oh, yeah. they're kind of like mess free until they get wet and then they start releasing. And you're mm-hmm. saying about like, you know, shrimp and, 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 garlic and, and stuff like that that's some of the stuff they're coming out with and you'll see that more in the market they're just getting started but uh i think that would be excellent to put in the back of a trout bait and oh yeah know, they, they even have a, 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 tr- a trout formula that uh oh, i'll uh-huh. show you guys this soon we'll have them on the show pretty soon but yeah i think that's a good thing but uh, the sense yeah you're you're talking some natural stuff of course and then some maybe unnatural like the wd-40 but that's an old trick i mean we did that years ago right wd-40 mm-hmm. still yeah. work it still Stoke. works, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of crazy. Jay, I hope that answered your question. Appreciate you asking. Thank you much. Samantha says, that sounds like fun doing that. Yeah, I think that'd be great. I mean, like I said, there's no, there's not many people here doing it. I may have to uh, look at finding a couple of these uh, these guys here. Now, talk a little bit, too, about your, your marketing for guides. Um, just in case there is anybody watching now or will be watching in the future, what exactly is it you can offer some of these guides with your program? Well, depending on uh, what people are wanting done, um, a lot of times we'll develop out a brand new website for people. Um, a lot of times people will do websites uh, for others that are really focused on graphic design and not really dra- uh, designed for grabbing traffic. And so, we'll look and we'll analyze the site and and a lot of times people are coming to us and they're going hey i'm not on the first page on the river or the the body of water that i fish as a guide and so you look through it and you go okay well yeah the site's pretty but it just doesn't have any engine behind it to do that right. sort of thing so we'll go in and and if the the website is is a newer site we'll go back in and we'll put that seo on that particular site if it's an older site uh, a lot of times we'll recommend that uh, they let us do a, just a brand new site for them. And uh, then we provide, you know, both a, a nice looking website and something that's, you know, that draws traffic in. That's the, that's the whole thing. Yeah. The other thing about a guide site for the guides and just a, just a little tip is that we have found through our analytics and we've got a couple hundred sites out now that we've, we've uh, done for people is that the traffic only comes in one time and generally comes in on a mobile device and people are making their decision based on what's on that first page of the website versus all the other pages. And the reason for it is because of those darn mobile phones that everybody has. And here's why those mobile phones, they don't have many times as fast as internet as what, you know, uh, laptop computers have and, and your uh, um, uh, PCs at home and that sort of thing. So people are, are trained. If I go to another page, I might have to wait here for 30 seconds to get that other page brought up. And if that's what they're looking for is rates or they're looking for more information on a guide, they might just, uh, you know, hit the next button and go to the next website that's going to give it, give them everything on that front page. So that front page for a guide or a charter or lodge is extremely important because you're only floating by that fish one time, you know, you got to get them to uh, convert at that point. That's where we are. We want that instant gratification. You know, you hit that button and I want my info, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. That is exactly right. Well, Jay says he he's used the WD-40. He says, thanks for that one. Uh, <laughs> sure. uh, Steve Davis says, uh, George, you think you might have to get Raystown this year? Might do some fishing with me and the brothers from the R2 Pursuits. 
Uh, Stevie, wow. yes, that is one of the things I've had on my bucket list for a couple of years. I just haven't been able to get things together to get out there. If I'm going to tow the boat out, I don't want to go for one day. I want to go out for a couple of days. So, yes, I definitely want to get out there, hopefully this year. And we'll certainly give uh, you a ring and all the guys from R2. That's uh, one big family. We call them the Turnpike Brotherhood. They're right down the Turnpike here in Pennsylvania. But another great group of outdoorsmen. They have a great podcast as well. So, we want to get out there to raise town and catch some of those giant stripers they have out there. So, yeah, good questions, guys. Thank you very much for, uh, for tuning in. So I don't see any more questions on here. So uh, well, kind of a, as a wrap up a little bit, um, what, what, um, for folks out here that are looking to get into drift boats, I mean, is there any, I mean, maybe buy one. Can you even get one out this way? You can. Um, I've uh, talked with a number of people that uh, will find them every once in a while at a boat dealer. You know, some people don't know what they have, and so they'll they'll buy it, and, and uh, then they don't really explore it very much. And they go, "Gosh, this is taking up room in my in my garage. I'm going to you know get rid of it." And so you'll find that. But um, there are some manufacturers now of composite drift boats down in the Tennessee area in your area, um, and then uh, just. Uh, in the Midwest, over in uh, the Colorado area, and uh, up north, there's a couple of manufacturers. And then out west, there's a whole bunch of them. And I'm going to make a shameless plug, George, and it's for sure. a website that we've been wanting to put up. And we're still, I'll, I'll tell your audience that, that uh, you know, just, just take the site right now with a grain of salt because there hasn't been a hard launch on it, on it yet. But it's called Drift Boat Pro. So it's driftboatpro.com, and it's a website for people that like to uh, fish out of uh, uh, drift boats. Now, you go in there right now, and some of the buttons are not going to work, or they redirect you to someplace goofy, um, and uh, we're uh, we're brushing all that up over the next, uh, oh, 10 days or so, and it will then have a hard launch to it. But if people want to go in and they want to look at all the different manufacturers, we have every manufacturer on that site uh, that's available for drift boats in the United States, and their contact information uh, talks about the differences between a wood boat versus a composite or a flat fiberglass boat, and uh, the most popular in the Northwest are aluminum boats uh, okay. when it comes to drift boats. Yeah. Well, what's uh, quickly, what's the kind of difference between, I mean, isn't a boat a boat, or is there huge differences when you get to being wood and, and composite and well, there are, you know, there are different camps, you know, it, it, that's, that question is uh, like posing to uh, uh, an outdoorsman, Do you, would you rather drive a Chevy or a Ford pickup? Well, gotcha. you know, you'll get the pros and cons on both sides of that. Aluminum tends to be the most, um, uh, uh, most desired uh, construction material for drift boats right now, just because of how durable it is okay. and how light it is and that sort of thing. Um, if you want to go for a more nostalgic type look, um, a, a wooden drift boat is an amazing experience. Um, you know, it they're beautiful. They're works of art. Uh, we have one manufacturer in the Springfield area in Oregon. It's Hayes Drift Boats when it comes to um, wooden drift boats. And he um, he's a craftsman, man, and they are absolutely beautiful. And now composites are starting to become more... Um, uh, you, you're seeing more and more of those uh, craft and Stealth and those uh, companies are starting to make those boats. And it's amazing what they're putting in drift boats now in regards to amenities. I mean, you have heated seats in them, you have heaters in them, 
Um, in fact, I think it's Willie Driftboat out of Medford even puts in what they call a pizza oven. And you can, you have this section that kind of pulls out from the front of the boat and your heater's underneath it. And you put in your frozen pizza or the lasagna you had the night from the night before or breakfast rolls. And you put it in there in foil and give it five minutes and pull it out and uh, voila. Right. You, you got to eat that. though, right? You got to eat. Yeah. <laughs> That's they exactly. just couldn't make it any easier. That, that just makes it sure lunch in just out yeah. of water, you know? Yeah, yeah, it, exactly. And, and, you know, when, when you're, when you're adding all those amenities to a boat, um, you know, it, it drives the price up quite a bit. I mean, it sure. is like buying an $800 uh, rowboat. It's a whole lot different than that. Sure. But you're, you're looking for some creature comforts too. I don't know, you know, depending on the speed of the river and all that and how fast, I mean, if you're going six, eight, ten miles down river, I mean, you could spend the entire day there. So you want to be somewhat comfortable. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And a lot of the drift boats, you know, the the back end of them um, have has the ability that you can put a small engine. Uh, a lot of the rivers out where we're at, um, you you can't have a motor on your boat. I mean, you just have to drift it. That's the way it is. And you wouldn't want a motor on the end of the boat because it'd get hung up too much as you're going down through things. And so. Um, you know, so you're right. When you when you put that in the water, you're pretty well committed, you know, for the next right. six or eight hours at that point right. of getting from point A to point B. But what a way to go. I mean, it seems like a really enjoyable way to, to, to spend the day fishing. Very personal way to, to spend the day fishing. It's you and maybe one or two other people, and that's it. That's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, it's, it's very serene, you know, very quiet. You're 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 hearing the deer, you're hearing the birds, um, you know, where with if you had a motor going, you're not not hearing any of that. Sure, sure. Well, I'm really hoping that the, the folks around here, maybe some of the younger guys, uh, you know, see this. It might be a good business opportunity for some folks that want to get into guiding or something like that. It's a good, I won't say inexpensive because I'm sure these aren't cheap, but uh, it's it's cheaper than, a, you know, a 25 foot center console for sure. Oh, but, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a good way to no, get in and great yeah. business opportunity. And, and if you get people in, you know, uh, one, once they fished out of a drift boat for, you know, salmon or steelhead and they've had that experience because it really is an experience that whole day, right? Once they have that experience, uh, they're pretty much hooked at that point. Sure. Sure. I can see why it looks really good. Okay, Ted, any kind of uh, closing remarks or any comments you want to leave the viewers before we uh, move on to the next segment? No, I just want to thank everybody uh, for uh, uh, tuning in today. And uh, George, happy birthday, man. It was your oh, birthday. Oh, thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, today and uh, also happy Memorial Day. Thank you, uh, everyone out there who has served our country and uh, uh, paid the price of uh, giving us the freedoms that we have. And Absolutely. Uh, anyway, just appreciate that. Yeah, it's, I can't believe I'm 35 already. I mean, just just go think, you know. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Ted, how can folks get a hold of you? Say there's a guide watching, he wants to get a hold of you. How can they get a hold of you? Um, you can go to uh, Fish on Ted, uh, which is on iTunes or Google Play, you can, and that's where our podcast is. has all my contact information. If uh, someone is a guide and would like to look at the different services that we provide, um, the website marketingforguides.com is one way. Um, I just I also mentioned the driftboatpro.com. Uh, that has all my contact information. And if they want to give me a call, my number is 503-380-8012. 
And uh, that rings both in Oregon and in the Philippines. So uh, feel free to give me a call. Love it. Absolutely love it. Ted, I want to thank you so much for joining us. It's uh, I always like talk with you because I, I want to hop in a boat and do some fishing for, for some of this stuff. You're Gosh, always a wealth of knowledge. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. We'll have to fly out to Oregon. We'll hit some of those rivers out there. You're welcome anytime, man. All right, buddy. Well, look, you're welcome to hang around. Uh, we're going to continue with the next segment, but uh, please hang around and watch, okay? Sounds good. I will. All right, Ted. Thank you very much. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Ted's a, a, just a fantastic guy, and he's got so much. He, he, he helps people fishing. He helps the guides. Uh, he, he's just a great guy. That uh, if, if you're into the outdoors, you got to got to get to know Ted Johnson. He's a good fella. So anyway, um, Stevie says, thank you for the awesome info. Stevie, thank you for watching. I mean, it really means a lot. We're trying to bring people on that can give you tips, uh, like we say, tips, tactics, and tackle that'll get you on these fish and make us all better fishermen. And, you know, people like Ted are just, just a wealth of knowledge. I love talking with him and sharing that information with you guys. So thank you very much for watching. But you know what that means? Coming up, that brings up our trophy board. Let's see who we got on the board this week. Well, we got our good friend Jay Batches back getting into some brown trout. Yeah, Jay, we got you. That was a surprise, wasn't it? But anyway, yeah, beautiful brown trout. Surprising. They're still uh, hitting good. The water's warming up, and the browns are still hitting great. Good friend John Augustine. You know, John's been hitting up the uh, stripers up there in the Raritan Bay, and he's been tearing them up every weekend. I think he said he got something like 200 stripers already this year. Most of them released, but back out on the Delaware getting these shad on those uh, hardcore shad spoons. John's the guy you want to talk to about that hardcore stuff. But, yeah, getting into the shad. It's that time of year. Mark Hines back out uh, getting some nice pike on the Passaic. Uh, he's been hitting them real good the past few days. So if you guys fish the Passaic River, there's some nice pike hitting. Brandon Gibbons back out getting to some more of those bass out there on the Susquehanna. Good friend Mike Schwartz, he's hitting that Raritan Bay, and he's up there getting some beautiful uh, stripers. Uh, Mike is a good friend of ours from the Dunkelberger Sporting Goods guys. Uh, haven't been able to see them much with this COVID stuff. I'm hoping uh, we can get that behind us and get back over and see some of my friends there. Also, good friend Matt Tromley. Here's another guide. Uh, third alarm charters uh, up there in Vermont. He getting some nice bass up there on Lake Champlain. Beautiful fishing. I can't wait to get back up there and fish with Captain Matt. And good friend Eric Goodstall, again, here in the Poconos, switching up from all those trout. He's been in the bass in the past few weeks, and he's been real successful at it. Been doing real good. Great fish, Eric. Good to see that you're still getting them. So, okay, guys, be sure you send us those picks. We want to get you in this trophy board. Every catch is a good catch. We want to see those pictures. And that's going to bring up our next segment, which is the giveaway trivia. Now, Jay, I want to ask you to behave yourself this week. You're, you've been killing it. But uh, this week, we've got some more of these Berkeley Power Baits for you guys. I got four packs, including that new Max Scent. I got a couple packs here with that Max Scent. If you've never seen it, you don't even need a hook. You just put that on. The, they just will not let it go. They'll swim away, and you can bring them in the boat almost with no hook. They just will not let go of that. So it's really good stuff. I got two packs of that and two packs of the regular Berkeley power baits so you guys can get on some of these fish. Okay, now, question is going to be the first person that can give me the correct answer will win these four packs of baits, and I'll get them mailed out to you. So the question is, which organ in most fish provides its buoyancy? Which organ in most fish 
provides its buoyancy? Is it the lungs, the pancreas, or the swim bladder? Which one is it? First correct answer wins these baits. Come on, guys. Oh, Stevie Davis. There we go. Swim bladder. Congratulations, Stevie. These baits will be coming your way. I'll get in touch with you after the show here to find out where you want these mail. Yeah, it's a swim bladder, guys. It's a little organ they have inside. They can fill with air, and that gives them their buoyancy. Also, that's what your sonar picks up on your fish is the size of a swim bladder. That's also a key in when your sonar works. So, yeah, congratulations, Stevie. Great work. Kristen Augustine, swim bladder, correct, but I'm afraid Stevie already got at this. But you can play again next week. We'll make sure we uh, we have another prize for you guys. So, well, that's kind of going to start wrapping things up here. I hope you guys enjoyed this show. I enjoyed bringing it to you. Again, thank you very much for everyone that is serving or has have served. Um, you guys are number one, and we couldn't be where we are today without you. Appreciate you all watching. I hope to catch you next week. Have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you soon.